Welcome, everybody, to the A-Game Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you all once again. I know I've been taking a little bit of a break from the podcast. Just dropped a couple new interviews with Landon Lasson and Cole Schoenwetter most recently. But I have a ton to talk about. I know I've missed about two weeks of updating you guys. Been going through college applications. It has been a busy time of the year, especially with the holidays. But it is certainly, as I said before, a pleasure to talk to you guys. Firstly, I want to thank you all for the support. I got a lot of support over the past couple of interviews, as I said, and I can't wait to continue to make more content. I'm going to start in the NFL. I know there's a ton of World Cup stuff to talk about, but I'm going to start in the NFL because that is what I just watched, just concluded, was Monday Night Football between the Steelers and the Colts. Now, this was a very mediocre game. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, two mediocre teams going out at both AFC teams, so they're still competing for that last wild card spot. Kenny Pickett tonight didn't look great. He looked a lot better than he did last week, though. A lot more confident. He was 20 for 28 for 174 throwing. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, also pretty mediocre. Threw it 34 times, only 22 completions for 199. And this was kind of just a scrappy battle both ways. It wasn't really a dominant effort by either team. Uh, someone that shined, though, was Benny Snell for Pittsburgh, uh, rushing the ball. He had 62 rushing yards, which was completely unexpected. JT had 86 rushing yards for the Colts, but that is expected as he's one of the best in the game. And then the Colts passing attack, you had Jelani Woods, the rookie tight end. He had 98 yards receiving, and Michael Pittman as well, 61 yards receiving to complement him nicely. Colts went on, they won this game. I mean, they lost this game. Uh, Steelers went on to win it. Uh, it was a super close game back and forth, but Mike Tomlin's coaching expertise simply outlasted Jeff Saturday's. I love what Jeff Saturday has done so far in Indy. I think he will get that contract extension handed to him at the end of this year if he keeps bringing that good energy to this organization. Um, but Mike Tomlin is one of the best that we've ever seen coach this game of football. Um, and even with a, a trash team, he comes away with a win. Now, where do both of these teams look moving forward? Now, I don't think either are going to make the playoffs. It is a really tight AFC as far as the playoff picture is concerned, but this does bode well for a future. Now, Kenny Pickett, you're trying to decide if this is your franchise quarterback, and in my opinion, Kenny Pickett is not that. I don't think I've seen enough. You know, you took a reach on Kenny Pickett last year in a, in a year where the quarterback wasn't the best part of that draft, and everybody knew it. But you still had Malik Willis, and you still had Kenny Pickett, and you still had Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. And you said, I might take a chance on one of these guys to blossom. And so far, none of them have. Malik look, has looked shaky for the Titans when he's gotten those starts. So if you're the Steelers, in my eyes, Kenny Pickett isn't the answer. Yeah, I think you run it back next year. You give him a full year starting. You say, we're going to get some more pieces around you. They need some help on the offensive line for sure because there's no notable guys there. And you know, you got a lot of quarterback pressures going on, but I don't think Kenny Pickett is the answer long-term, but I do think you run it back. Now for the Colts, Matt Ryan, he's out of there. He was getting benched uh, for Sam Ellinger before Saturday took over. Um, he just wasn't playing that good, not mobile at all anymore. He's still pretty accurate, but but that's not going to cut it in this league with, with you know, D tackles and DNs like TJ Watt with so much speed. Um, so yeah, I think they, they stick with Ryan for the rest of this year because they're not in it. And then you hand it off to Ellinger. I think I'd love to see a full year of Sam Ellinger. I really liked what he brought to the table when he was in. 
but it just wasn't enough to win over the permanent starting job. So if I'm the Colts, you stick with Ellinger for one more year. If you're the Steelers, you stick with Pickett one more year, and you just assess. You build around everybody, and, and you do those things. I saw some things about the Colts potentially trading for Aaron Rodgers, maximizing their potential because they have a lot of weapons. Wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that at all. I think Aaron Rodgers is on the decline, but also it's hard to tell when he's on the Packers, who simply have no receiver weapons at all. Uh, Christian Watson has had a breakout season. I'll get to that. But besides that, I mean, there's there's not a lot of guys to throw to, and you can't fault uh, one of the best QBs ever for, for that. Uh, and looking at the playoff picture, the Colts, they're, they're out of it if the season ended today, um, and, and so are the Steelers. I mean, both four and seven squads, that's not going to cut it. But if one of them goes on a run, who knows what will happen. We also had Thanksgiving past Thursday. Uh, we had some great games there. The Bills barely squeaked out a W against the Lions. Bills look shaky. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Lions, they were really scrappy home game. They always play on Thanksgiving. They've been there, done that. But Allen was simply missing throws, wasn't on the same page with his receivers. You know, he's had some nagging injuries. Uh, but that's no excuse. Allen looked pretty bad. Towards the end, though, he started to find his trusty Stefan Diggs, and they started to make some big connections down the stretch, but uh, they didn't look great in my eyes. They didn't look like the Buffalo Bills that I should be seeing at this point in the season, and there are some question marks. I definitely will say that, but nonetheless, they got a W. Lions still have a lot of play for. Jared Goff looks really good. I've been super high on him this season. I think you know he's gotten some weapons around him. He's super accurate, not that bad of a quarterback. If I'm the Lions, I don't take a chance on a quarterback early. I go for another position player, run it back with Jared for one more year because I think you can win with this guy. I really do. They just need to improve some things from within. Uh, the next game on Thanksgiving was the Col- or Cowboys and the New York Giants. Uh, I think the Giants are frauds. I've been preaching this all along. You know, when you have a cupcake schedule and you're in the NFC East and you're playing the Commanders and I know the Cowboys are good this year, you're, the Cowboys and Eagles, that's tough, but... If you look at their schedule, they haven't even played the Eagles yet. So you haven't seen the cream of the crop in the East. And then the rest of your games have been against below average teams. We're talking Jaguars and, as I said, Commanders, etc. And, you know, yeah, you're going to beat these teams. And you're going to fool your own fans, in all honesty. Because if this Giants team makes the playoffs, which they're on pace to do, and they play a San Francisco 49ers team in the first round, they're going to get smoked by 20 points. They're, they're not even going to have a chance because they don't have the personnel. Yeah, Brian Dable's a great coach. He's brought a lot of life to the city, but this isn't a team that's going to win a playoff game. Absolutely not. They're just simply not good enough. Um, and, and a lot of this whole record talk, I saw the same thing in 2018 with the Steelers, who they start out 10-0 and and everybody gets brainwashed. The public does. And then they go into Kansas City in the first round of the playoff and lose by 20, right? This is what I'm talking about. It's the eye test is or honestly not even just the eye test, but the record test. You look at the record and you think this team is really good when maybe they're just not. And I think that's the case with the Giants. Now, on the other side, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they look great. Dak Prescott has looked like a leader all season. Um, when he was out, you know, you had a discussion about is Cooper Rush just as good? Should Cooper Rush start? Absolutely not. Dak, you know, he's been either in the top 10 of quarterbacks in the league or just outside of it for the majority of his career. And he's showing again this year why the Cowboys have a top offense. Last year, they had the most efficient offense in the league. They go into the playoffs. Yes, they lose to the Niners, but they had a really solid season. And then uh, you look at the the guys around him, Tony Pollard, who's had a breakout year, Zeke still playing decent, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. But it seems they're missing one piece. And I think 
that one piece is in fact Odell Beckham Jr. I think if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you pay OBJ, you bring him in, and you go and try to win a championship. Because this defense as well, I haven't even talked about the defense. You have Trayvon Diggs, who, yes, last year he was known as a ball hawk, quote-unquote, because all he would do is get interceptions and get burnt by guys every Sunday. But this year, his coverage has improved drastically. He's phenomenal in coverage, whether you put him on the line man-to-man or just be knowledgeable about the game of football. He does everything. Micah Parsons is absolutely generational. Some people saying he's overrated. Micah Parsons is the farthest thing from overrated. Okay, Micah Parsons is phenomenal. He does everything. He's a hybrid linebacker. You can put him on end. You can put him at tackle. He could get interceptions. He attacks the quarterback um, with his swim moves and just various moves against the O-lineman. He is just out of this world and one of their best draft picks of recent memory. So what I'm trying to preach is the Cowboys have almost every piece needed to go on a championship run. I think they're better than the Philadelphia Eagles, 100%. I think the two best teams in the NFC right now are the Cowboys and the Niners. I do. And I, I think with on paper and experience and pedigree and we go down the line, it is clear that these are the two best. But I think the one thing that the Dallas Cowboys are missing is Odell Beckham Jr. And I think he would add an element to this offense that they haven't even seen. You know, you put CD and Gallup and Odell, and Schultz, and uh, they got Brown getting some targets. It, it could be really, really special. So I, I hope the Cowboys go for it, but I'm super high on them as a ball club. The final game of uh, Thanksgiving, I know I'm going through all these in depth, but I'm kind of trying to cover every team in the process. Uh, the Patriots played the Vikings. I'm in love with the Vikings. I love what they've done. My question on, on uh, Thursday, I picked the Patriots because I was thinking primetime Kirk Cousins. Primetime Kirk Cousins does not come through. He's known to choke in big moments. This was primetime, and it was a very watch. Tons of people are watching it. It's Thanksgiving dinner. You're eating with your family, and you're watching this football game. And Kirk comes through. Big win against the Patriots. Belichick had those guys well coached. They were prepared. They only lost by seven. It was back and forth. Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best receiver in football, I have him about two or three if I were to make a ranking. He showed out. Another major week for him. And this Vikings team has everything needed to also make a run. The only thing I don't like with this Vikings team is their defense. I love Zedaria Smith. I love Harrison Smith. I love Eric Kendricks when he's healthy. You know, I, I love Patrick Peterson, who's having a, honestly, a career uh, revitalization. Uh, you know, when he was on the Cardinals, he was one of the best corners in football. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. But it was almost like his career was over. Kind of like Richard Sherman going to the Niners. But that obviously didn't work out. Patrick Peterson has had his career revitalized with the Minnesota Vikings, and he's now an elite defensive player once again, and it's making this Vikings defense that much better. But I still have a lot of question marks on that defense. Um, You know, they're really inconsistent, and they don't come through a lot, so I'm not sure what's going to happen. The Vikings, they're going to cakewalk their division. The NFC uh, North this year is absolutely terrible, so they're going to easily win the division. That's not a concern, but I'm talking when playoff time comes around and you're playing tough teams, does the defense hold up? But that's the only criticism I have. They are definitely a contender in the NFC. The Buccaneers also played the Browns on Sunday. Uh, Buccaneers, they're looking really bad. I was I haven't been high on them all year, honestly. You know, they've brought a lot of the same guys back, which was good. Leonard Fournette's been banged up. You know, Julio Jones isn't himself, but you still have Tom Brady and Tom Brady in the playoffs. We know what goes into that. He is one of the best playoff performers of all time in my eyes the greatest quarterback of all time, pretty clearly. And 
This year, however, he has played pretty bad. They play the Browns, who have been sneaky good all year. They get Deshaun Watson next week. Um, his suspend- suspension is up after the uh, the whole scandal and the whole massage therapist thing. But, uh, I I mean, if you're the Buccaneers, you got to win this game. You're lucky that the NFC South is so poor that you're probably going to win the division anyway because it just sucks. But if you want to, you know, compete for a championship, you got to play better. And they simply aren't in that NFC elite category right now. There's three teams. It's the Niners, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Vikings. And you're going to say, Aiden, why not the Eagles? And I'm going to get to that. I don't think the Eagles are legit by any means. I think they've had a cupcake schedule. They're beating teams that they should beat by a lot, by not that much. And I think when you get to the playoffs, Jalen Hurts isn't that experienced. I love the defense for the Eagles. I'm going to be real. I think, you know, with with big play Slay, Darius Slay, the number one corner, and then you got Fletcher Cox, and you've thrown all these other guys. They have a great defense. But there's something inside me that says this team isn't legit. And I think it's because of the schedule. I don't want to have the same thing happen with Giants fans and they get brainwashed by the schedule and they don't know what happened. So I, I do think that the Eagles aren't going to be that good. So if I were to rank the three elite teams in the NFC right now, I'm saying it's the Vikings, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Niners. And and I would pick the Niners as the favorite in the NFC because of how balanced they are on both offense and defense. But I think the Cowboys are right there and the Vikings are a little bit lower, but they're still right there. The Bengals, they ended up beating the Titans uh, in, the, in a big AFC matchup on Sunday, Bengals look good. They look back to their old selves, their selves that went to the Super Bowl last year when everyone called it a fluke, but they look damn good, and they just beat a good Titans team on the road. They did the same thing in the playoffs. Uh, last year's divisional matchup was the same matchup, and Burrow came through. Burrow looks like a super poised quarterback, um, obviously top 10 in the game. I don't think there's really an argument for that. He does everything, throws on all three levels, goes through goes through his progressions, and he was using his legs. I was watching some film. He knew what the Titans were going to present. They were going to try to make him a running quarterback. They didn't want to get beat deep. Um, They were playing for the pass, and he used his legs effectively, rushed for, uh, I think, over 50 yards, and and really was dynamic uh, in that big win. Uh, The Dolphins absolutely stomped the Texans. Texans are the worst team in the league. Dolphins are one of the best in the AFC. They did their job. Uh, The Jets beat the Bears. I was going to get into this. The whole Zach Wilson thing, that was the question mark going into the Sunday. How would it shape the New York Jets, right? Zach Wilson goes to the bench. He says all those comments in the media. Um, oh, it wasn't my fault. We, it, we didn't lose because of me. Robert Sala immediately benches him. And, and Mike White comes in, who last year was viewed as kind of a savior for New York. You know, he would come in and he'd win games. But on Sunday, he was absolutely dicing up the Bears defense. Granted, it is the Bears defense. But... He was dicing them up. He threw for over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns, did everything they needed. And in my eyes, why not start Mike White another week? I think Mike White is the starter next Sunday. And I think you just continue to roll with him until he proves that he's not ready for the moment. Because Zach Wilson lost that trust with Sala. And the only way he can gain that back is with hard work and dedication and practice. Because yes, he's a young quarterback. But also I've seen the Jets miss out on these young quarterbacks year after year and I don't want to see it happen again but it definitely is risky um so Jets big win they're right in the playoff hunt just like every single team in the AFC East it's absolutely ridiculous just like the NFC East in the NFC uh Commanders they get a big win against the Falcons if the season ended today the Commanders would be in the playoffs Taylor Heineke they handed the reins over to him after a Wentz got hurt 
And his connection with him and Terry McLaurin has been phenomenal. You know, Brian Robinson Jr., the rookie, you know, after he got shot, um, he recovered really quickly. He's become that RB1, splits carries with Antonio Gibson. And you got some other guys that have been um, shining, like Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. I just really like what the commanders are building. And then obviously a solid defense. Yes, Chase Young's been out, um, but Montez Sweat is one of the best DNs in the league, and he just doesn't get enough credit for it. Uh, and this Commanders team, you know, if they got in the playoffs, they would make a little noise. They would be a tough matchup for a team like the Minnesota Vikings. But I'm not ready to call them a contender by any means. There's a lot of work to do, but we'll see what happens there. I'm going to go quicker because I'm already at 60 minutes. This is a long podcast. Uh, Broncos, they have been an atrocity. They look like an atrocity on Sunday. They got absolutely smoked by the Panthers, which is just inexcusable. I mean, you have Russell Wilson just hasn't been playing good. The defense sucked. The Panthers played decent, but the Panthers aren't good. Uh, Jacksonville. I picked Jacksonville to upset the Ravens. They did just that. Trevor Lawrence looked great. ETN wasn't as involved, which was weird. They were going to Jermichael Hasty, the former 49er. Just signed him off waivers a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, Zay Jones had a big day. Um, you know, the Jags were looking good. Josh Allen on the defensive end was phenomenal. And then the Ravens as well. Lamar Jackson, he's got to get receivers. I mean, he's throwing good passes and, and they're just not being caught. And, and that's an issue. It really is. Um, so I like the Ravens come playoff time. I do. But they need to add somebody like an Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to even have a chance at contending. Uh, the Chargers barely scrape out a win against Arizona. Both teams not performing to their best. I think the Chargers could still be a contender if they sneak in the playoffs. They just got to keep winning. Because um, once they get healthy, they're just as good as anyone in the AFC besides maybe the Chiefs. Um, and the Cardinals, they've been a disaster all year. Fire Cliff Kingsbury. I'm all for it. He's not a good coach in, se- in the second half of football games. And Kyler has been playing mediocre. He played good yesterday, um, but he just hasn't been that good. Uh, so things definitely need to change in Arizona, but it's a good, some positive positivity for the Chargers. Uh, Raiders somehow shocked the Seahawks in overtime. Josh Jacobs had the game of his career. Um, you know, Holland's had a good game for the Raiders as well, and that's a that was a big win for the Raiders to maybe get some momentum. Uh, the Chiefs, they crushed the Rams. The Rams are just awful this year. Everything's gone wrong after their Super Bowl win. Uh, the Chiefs, they're the best team in football right now. They stomp the Rams. Uh, Niners shut out the Saints. Niners have the best defense in the league right now. Offense is dynamic. They are my favorite in the NFC. And the nightcap was the Eagles and the Packers. And the Eagles, they barely beat the poverty Green Bay Packers. No, I'm just joking. But the Packers have been really bad this season. Um, and they barely beat them by seven points. But it was a high-scoring game, an absolute shootout, 40-33. to 33. Uh Aaron Rodgers had a rib injury midway through the game, and Jordan Love came in and took over. Really liked what I saw from Love. You know, I've been a big Love hater um, throughout my time watching him play. You know, ever since he came out of, uh, you know, college, I just didn't think he was that good. And uh, he showed me a lot yesterday. He really did. But the Eagles end up squeaking out the win. Now, looking at the playoff picture, like I said, I think there's there's three teams in the NFC. It's the Eagles. I mean, that's the Eagles. It's the Cowboys, it's the Vikings, and it's the Niners. And in the AFC, there's three teams. And I think it's the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And I think you look at those three teams in each uh, conference, those are the only three teams, I think, in each conference that have a chance at genuinely winning the championship. I love what those six teams have to bring to the table. And only time will tell uh, what will happen in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, if I, I will go dive into the full playoff breakdown once the playoffs are here. But right now, if I were to give you a Super Bowl prediction, 
I think it's going to be like 2019, and I think it's going to be Niners-Chiefs. I think both of these teams have what it takes to get back to back there, and um, I think they will, ultimately. Um, moving on. I know it's been 20 freaking minutes, and I just talked about football, but I'm diving into the World Cup, the world stage of soccer. Football, as some people call it in Europe, but we call it soccer in America. Man, have I had fun watching the World Cup so far. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't a major soccer guy going into this, but since the world, it just makes me want to play soccer. It wants me to kick the ball around. I I just want to have everything to do with soccer at this point. I just love it so much. Um, no, I'm I'm serious though. It has been super entertaining and I'm going to dive into who I think is going to win it all. So we're looking at each group tomorrow. The USA has the biggest game of their life. They play Iran um, or Iran, excuse me, they, it's the biggest game, it's win or go home, now, they drew, they had a draw with England, nil the nil, uh, a few days ago, and that was viewed as a win for America, essentially, England is one of the best teams in, in the whole world, they're fifth in the World Cup, and we drawed with them, so, or we drew with them, and it was a great match, we played super well, Pulisic had a shot off the crossbar that just didn't go, McKenzie couldn't get his Shots down. Tyler Adams, though, has been shining for Team USA. He has been outrageous. Timothy Weah has been great. Um, and everyone in between. Aronson. I mean, there's just so many names. The USA are poised to have a phenomenal match tomorrow, and I'm really excited to watch. I do think USA comes away with the win tomorrow, and I think they make it out of the group with England and move to the round of 16. Now, uh, looking at the other groups, I really love what I've seen out of Poland so far. They're a really balanced squad whether it's attacking or defending, uh, they do a lot of good things. That group is going to be a little sketch coming down. Argentina got a massive win against Mexico yesterday. Messi shined once again, got an insane goal. I saw the angle of it, the replays, it was ridiculous. Um, I think Argentina and Poland make it out of that group. Uh, Saudi Arabia, they had the big upset in week uh, or day or week match one of the World Cup uh, against Argentina. And, you know, the, the prime minister, whatever they have over there, uh, the president, he uh, promised, I'm going to give everyone a Rolls Royce, and it was it was greatness. But now it's looking like they might not make it out of the group, um, but only time will tell. Like I just said, they could still make it out. In Group A, we have the Netherlands and Ecuador. Those are pretty much the two clear teams that are going to make it. Um, the Senegalese will be uh, taking on Ecuador in a big match tomorrow. I think that might determine who makes it out. Um, but yeah, Group A has been great as well. Group D... Uh, we've had France. They've just been dominating this group. Um, Australia, they've been shocking me a little bit. A lot better than I thought. Denmark, they've disappointed me. And then Tunisia, I wasn't expecting much there. Um, but yeah, France is clearing away. I mean, Kylian Mbappe is one of the best players, if not the best player in the world right now. There's a legit argument for that. And um, yeah, France has looked great from top to bottom. Uh, in Group E, Spain, they've obviously be, obviously been the best team. They've done everything. Uh, Japan, they've been pretty shocking. And same with Costa Rica. They've been a little better than I expected. But Germany has been an absolute atrocity. They're expected to get out of this group pretty easily. And they've just been losing or drawing or just not playing their brand of soccer. And uh, it has definitely been an issue. I think Spain and Japan are going to end up making it out of this group. Uh, Group F, we had Croatia and Morocco at the top right now. Belgium and Canada, they were both supposed to be in in the running for this. They both still can. I think ultimately Belgium makes it out of this group. Um, 
over Morocco. I think Morocco has a little bit of a breakdown just because they're not as talented. But Croatia, they look like one of the best teams in this whole thing. Uh, Group G, where I have my eventual winner in my eyes, Brazil. I think this Brazilian team is one of the best we've seen in the past 30 years. They're so balanced with Neymar Jr. and so many other names. Neymar Jr. is leading it, and they simply can't lose it. They're dominating their opponents right now. Uh, Switzerland also in that group looks really good, and then Cameroon and Serbia uh, fill out the bottom half. Um, But Brazil, if I were to predict today, I think they're going to win it all. Um, And then in Group H, you have Portugal, Ghana, South Korea, and Uruguay. This is just a great group all over. I think Portugal is the most overrated team in this tournament. Cristiano Ronaldo, yes, he's one of the best of all time. But but you got Bruno Fernandes carrying them, and it doesn't seem like they have that balance of an attack. I feel like they've been barely squeaking away wins against Uruguay, who they should have beat by a lot. And, you know, same thing with Ghana. Uh, But I still think they're going to make it out. I do. Um, They're still going to be at the top. I think they qualified today. I still think they're going to make it out of the round of 16, but I think they might have a little bit earlier of an exit than some people are expecting. Uh, but Ghana's also look good in Uruguay. They look good today. I was not expecting them to lose that match. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of soccer to still be played. I'm super stoked. I think USA gets it tomorrow. Don't be shocked if the U.S. go on a run if they win tomorrow because their backs are going to be against the wall. It means everything to this country. Tomorrow's match, all eyes watching. You win that. Anything is possible. So yeah, that's what I got. Next, college football. And that is going to be the end of this podcast. I'm going to have a part two coming out soon because I just didn't cover enough. Uh, We had rivalry weekend. It was a phenomenal weekend. You had Florida State upsetting Florida. Uh, ETN, who is Travis's brother for Florida, rushed for 129. He looked great. FSU's quarterback, Travis, threw for 270. Also looked phenomenal. It's always going to be a dogfight between the Swamp and the Seminoles. uh, but Or the Seminoles. But, um, yeah, Florida State's just the better team this year. They're 16th in the country. They'll probably go up once the AP polls are up. But, yeah, they look great. Uh, North Carolina, they got upset by NC State. You just don't see that happen a lot. NC State took this one personally. Double overtime. Big, big victory. Uh, Carter, the receiver for NC State. Six receptions for 130. That's some Randy Moss stuff. Um, what a performance. Uh, next, we had Michigan versus Ohio State. The three seed versus the two seed for all the marbles. Who is going to make the college football playoff? And Michigan absolutely dominated on every single level. 45 to 23. It was just an obliteration. CJ Stroud still looks like the best quarterback in the country in my eyes. I still have Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. But as far as what quarterback is going to succeed most at the NFL level, I think it's going to be CJ Stroud because he does everything. I think he had to force some bad throws in some tight pockets late because... It's just what he had to do, but but he's still phenomenal. Uh, Edwards, though, for Michigan, you know, you had you had Corum out, and there were question marks about how this running game would hold up with a guy like Corum, who's in the Heisman conversation out. And Edwards comes through, 216 rushing yards, two touchdowns. And then you had Johnson, the receiver, putting up Randy Moss numbers, four receptions, 162 TDs. Ridiculous. And Michigan now is poised to be the number two team in the country. And they basically eliminated their rival, Ohio State, out of the college football playoff, barring any uh, absolute discombobulation from USC or TCU. I think they're in, um, or they're out, I should say. But Michigan is a lock. Georgia, they dominated Georgia Tech, as expected. Georgia is far and away the best team in the country, much like they were last year. TCU dominated Ohio Iowa State. 62 to 14. Duggan is up there for Heisman. I don't have him as the winner. Like I said, I have Caleb Williams as the winner. 
uh, from USC just because of his ability to run the ball and throw the ball and his numbers, his sheer numbers are just ridiculous. USC is going to make the playoff, everything. Um, but no, TCU looks great. They're still undefeated. Uh, A&M, big upset against LSU. College Station is the most ridiculous setting to have a college football game ever. You have so many fans, so many students, and A&M pulls off the upset big time. Uh, the running back for A&M, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Achane, had 215 yards rushing on 38 carries. Just an absolute workload. And uh, yeah, A&M dominated. Then USC beat Notre Dame at home to, like I said, solidify essentially their spot in the college football playoff. Caleb Williams looked like the Heisman. Uh, Drew Pine on the other side played really well for 318 and three TDs, but Williams is him. He is that guy. And uh, just a major win for USC. They're poised for the Pac-12 championship against Utah. Alabama crushed Auburn as expected in the Iron Bowl. Simply just a better team. Bryce Young looked really good. South Carolina, they upset Clemson. And although I'm not a big Spencer Rattler fan, I think he's extremely overrated. I don't think he's that good at all. He's been balling out the last couple games. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. 360 for two touchdowns on Saturday, and they upset Clemson. Clemson, uh, DJ Ugalele is just not that good. Dabo Sweeney had some bad decisions down the stretch. South Carolina with a big, big W. Another upset, Oregon State upset Oregon at home. Bo Nix, who's in the conversation for the Heisman, lost. Oregon State looks so good. Um, you know, you had Coda with 136 receiving yards, and then their running back, 103 yards. Um, it was almost like they won this game on all three levels. And then in the fourth quarter, you go, t- you put up 21 points, and they only put up three in the fourth. That's how you win a football game. Big win for Oregon State. Tennessee rolled even without Hendon Hooker, who's out for the rest of the season with an ACL. Big W. Uh, Penn State beat Michigan State. Kansas State beat Kansas. Big win for Kansas State. And uh, then Washington crushed Washington State. But that is basically all that there was for rivalry weekend. A lot of big games. If I were to give you the top four teams in the college football playoff right now, it would be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC in that order. Um, you know, if it was Georgia versus USC, I think that'd be a way better game than a lot of people think. I think Caleb Williams would be prepared be prepared for the big moment. But if it was Michigan versus TCU, I think Michigan would roll. I think Michigan would beat them by a lot. And I think it'd be Michigan versus, you know, I don't even know. Georgia and USC is essentially a toss-up for me. Um, But I'm really excited to see what this next week in college football consists of. But that's all I got for you guys. I want to keep you up. We got LSU Georgia next Saturday. You better be watching that. But I'm going to make a part two of this podcast because I had so much to catch up on from the last couple weeks. I still have a lot to talk about. I didn't even talk NBA or MLB offseason or NHL. I want to get to all that. I'm going to be making a part two. We're going to call this part one of a new season. But I thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you all. I appreciate the love. Thank you so much. Once again, Aiden O'Neill, A-Game Podcast, signing out. Peace.